Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right. Hello, hello, everyone. We've got a very special episode here today. We've got an actual pathologist here to talk about smoking, something everybody is told and something that even people in the alternative health business say is so bad for us and it's so obviously bad for us that it's completely unquestionable. Well, when I first got into this health stuff and these supplements and I got my health result because I had lived in pain for 25 years, I was born with my hips dislocated and musculoskeletal problems for the first 25 years of my life. And Dr. Wallach, who is here, he's our guest tonight, it was his products and his advice that got me out of pain in less than a week when I properly applied it. Lifelong pain, gone in a week. And I smoked at that time. I had been smoking since I was 10 years old. My friends who first showed me the vitamins, they smoked. And my other friends who, once I learned this, they had health problems. Their health problems were identifiable and independent of their smoking. Most of my friends did smoke. But their problems were obvious. They were gluten intolerance, their mineral deficiencies, maybe connective tissue deficiencies, pulling joints and ligaments. And they had nothing to do with smoking. So all my years in the health business now... The whole time, I've never really cared whether somebody smokes or not. They come to us with any health problem, even cancer. I don't even ask them if they smoke or not. It's not on my questionnaire. Some people tell us that they smoke. But usually you can easily see the habits that they have and the deficiencies that they have. And I've never been able to correlate it with smoking. And somebody's recovery has never had anything to do with whether they smoked or not, from my experience in the business. Meaning, whether they smoke or not, I expect them to get better if they avoid the bad foods and they take the essential nutrients at the appropriate doses for a long enough time. And even the notion of excess, which comes in a lot, people say, oh, if you do things in moderation, then it's much better. Well, I can see an obvious correlation with people who overdo alcohol. People who overdo alcohol have terrible health in general, many obvious health problems. And you can tell people who overdo certain foods and people who overdo exercise, so they're stressing all these specific systems. But I honestly can't see anything even with overdoing smoking. So one, two-pack-a-day smokers, I know plenty of them. If they have health problems, which not all of them do, if they have health problems, they're completely identifiable and independent of smoking. Again, most of them are caused by the foods that they're eating and the nutrients that they're lacking. So we're going to get into this with Dr. Wallach. Before we do, I just want to say that there are no sponsors here. There are no advertisements. I do sell things. I sell books. I write books. You can see all of my books at noticebooks.org. Notice is spelled not us, not usbooks.org. And I do sell supplements for a living and give people health advice. We do that part for free, whether they buy the supplements or not. And you can see all the various channels that we have and I have and my book reviews and all of that. You can see everything on noticebooks.org. Again, notusbooks.org. 
in Dr. Wallach, my guest here tonight. He's a double doctor. He's a doctor of veterinary medicine first. He's also got a degree in agriculture. He's got a postdoc in pathology, meaning he does autopsies. And actually, it's comparative pathology. So he autopsies all kinds of different species. And we think he's probably the human being who's done the most amount of species. Over 454 species of animals and many thousands of humans as well. And he's also a human physician, a licensed human naturopathic doctor. And he's written many, many books himself. And you can see all of his books and CDs and DVDs all on his website, drjwallach.com. Wallach is spelled W-A-L-L-A-C-H, drjwallach.com. And before recording this, I didn't know if he was going to completely agree with me. I, I really downplay or disregard the issue of smoking when it comes to what are the major causes of disease, especially in America. To me, it can't be blamed on smoking, and we're going to get much more perspective on that here in this recording. Okay, so we've got a little bit of a strange topic here today, and I really wanted to bring you in, Dr. Wallach, and get your opinion on this, because over the last two years or so, I've read pretty much every book that I can find about tobacco and marijuana, smoking, and people who are actually for it, people who are defending it, people who are against it. Obviously, of course, most books condemn smoking. I just want to throw this out there as an interesting thing that's it's got me stirred up for this past year or so that these books are like split down the middle. And I love your opinion on marijuana. When you were first asked on the radio in Colorado, uh, when it was first becoming legalized, this is years ago, I heard you say, uh, they said, what is this going to do for the health of the people in Colorado? You said it's going to make it worse, right? And it, that was like a controversial statement. Well, why? Because they're spending money on marijuana or on a medicine, aka a medicine, and not on nutrition when they probably have a nutritional problem or maybe even no problem at all. But um, so anyways, all these books, they're, they're super pro-marijuana, most of them, but then the whole world is super anti-tobacco. It seems to make very little sense to me, considering that marijuana smoke is much harsher. Dr. Walk, I don't know if you've ever used marijuana, but like it, it's like immediate coughing is, is practically guaranteed. Many times, even for longtime smokers, they never really get used to it. It's still very, very heavy, very hard on their lungs. But for some reason, the whole world thinks that's that one type of smoke is good for them. And this other one is not. It's sort of not the heart of the many questions that I have for you here today. But I wanted to say that. We're not on here talking about like smoking is good for you, but the medical establishment has had so many myths, so many false uh, theories of disease over the years. And this is a short list of things they blame on smoking, right? Cancer, heart disease, stroke, lung diseases, diabetes, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or COPD or chronic dry cough, which includes emphysema and chronic bronchitis. Uh, they say it also increases the risk for tuberculosis, certain eye diseases, problems of the immune system, including rheumatoid arthritis. But here's the problem, Dr. Wallach, as you know, smoking is way down. Smoking in America, they're saying it's like 12.5%. But even if it was 20%, that doesn't explain the 238,340 new cases of lung cancer, according to the American Cancer Society in 2023. You know, so people are smoking less than they ever have in America, Canada, Canada and Australia, they're saying are now down to 10 percent ish of, of people smoke. So like, that's the rate of lung numbers. cancer is going up. And yeah, lung cancer either isn't going anywhere or it's going up. And um, so what's going on here, Dr. Wallach, like mm -hmm. all these diseases, how could they be caused by smoking if smoking is going down? Sure. Okay. Um, being a veterinarian and a physician and a pathologist puts me in a very unique uh, way to understand what's going on here. And so I looked up some material on animal studies on smoking. You know, they lock them in an uh, airtight box and they put cigarette smoke in there and, and cigar smoke and, and pipe tobacco smoke and everything. And I found one interesting article on that. It said that... Um, in hamsters and mice, there's one reported case of nasal cancer in, in a hamster and one recorded case of lar laryngeal, larynx, voice box cancer in a mouse. 
there was no lung cancers reported in the animals that were put on heavy, heavy, heavy cigarette, cigar smoke in these airtight boxes. So what's going on here? Well, it's very simple. I hope you're sitting down. This is very simple because all the laboratory animals, they get these pellets made with optimal amounts of vitamins and minerals and amino acids and fatty acids. Okay, for those animals, and these diets have been perfect over 100 years. And so their immune system is getting what it needs to reduce inflammation. And that's why you're not seeing any cardiovascular disease and lung cancer and stuff like that in laboratory animals. You, you never hear about it. I looked very hard and I, I found this one study that showed a, a nasal passage cancer and a hamster and a laryngeal cancer in one mouse out of the thousands of studies that have been done in animals with, with uh, tobacco smoke. And so it comes down to the animals are getting all the nutrients they need to defend themselves, their immune system surfaces. We're talking about lungs and trachea and bronchi and nasal passages and arteries and heart and all that kind of stuff. And then you look at humans, their diets are awful. They don't take vitamins and minerals. Usually the people who smoke don't take vitamins and minerals. I didn't see any surveys on that one, but just from my experience, I, you know, they're not heavy duty, quote, health nuts, unquote, mm -hmm. they're smoking. And so they're getting all the inflammation of burning carbon products, which is what tobacco is, without the ability to support their immune system and defend their surfaces and their lungs and their trachea and bronchi and arteries and so forth, because they're not taking in the nutrients required to protect them. So that's very, very apparent, very important. And then, of course, you um, sent me this wonderful list of questions here. Uh, question number one, can you tell if someone smoked at autopsy? Well, if, you know, this, these are questions that are asked when they're dying, you know, in a hospital or something like that. But uh, you can ask the relatives, sometimes stained fingers, uh, have tobacco stains on their fingers, okay? Uh, do they have our, our artery disease? Okay, was it just due to nutritional deficiency or was it due to both the nutritional deficiency and the inflammation from smoke? So it's, there are questions, lots of questions and possibilities, but no dramatic, profound answers, okay? Because uh, this, this comes up in some of these books that defend smoking. They say, your physician, your doctor, your family doctor, or the pathologist who's doing your autopsy can't for sure 100% say if you smoked or not, unless you told them they smoked, basically, unless mm -hmm. it's, in, it's in your medical record that you answered yes when they said, do you smoke? There is evidence, like you're saying, but like, there because they show us black lungs, right? And it turned out that some of those black lungs might have been from coal miners and that uh, organs can be discolored just by being diseased with whatever caused the disease. Mm -hmm. And so, see, what's the difference between a person uh, with uh, lung cancer from smoking versus lung cancer in general? Well, people who have any type of cancer, they could be taking all the right stuff. But if they're eating gluten, if they're eating wheat, barley, and oats, uh, they're eating buckwheat, it's killing their intestinal lining. So they cannot absorb the nutrition. And so some people eating a, a bad diet and eating gluten and buckwheat will have a very high rate of, of cancer. Some will have lung cancer, some will have liver cancer, some will have colon cancer, some will have kidney cancer, and, and some will have bone cancer. Okay, depending on what else is going on in their diet and supplement program, if they have one and so forth. Okay. And also there's a possibility of pollution poisons in tobacco, pesticides, insecticides, and that kind of stuff. And then at autopsies, have you ever determined smoking as the actual cause of death? If they tell you they're a smoker, it has something to do with lungs and arteries, you could say, well, it's, well, it's a high probability it contributed to the death that was caused by artery disease, okay, and lung disease, emphysema, asthma and that kind of stuff, but you can't put your finger and say it, it's, it's the smoking that killed them. Okay, they, in, in question marks, blame smoking on all kinds of diseases, emphysema, heart disease, that kind of stuff, 
but the smoking rates, as you pointed out, have declined significantly and dramatically over the past 70 years. And yet these diseases are going up like a rocket. Well, that's because lack of supplementation. And people say, well, I eat well. My doctor said I can just eat well and get everything I need. Well, that doctor should go to jail because that's not true. Now, there are no such things as eating well and getting everything you need. The, the transition came from when smoking was safer, not safe, but safer, hundreds of years ago, the transition to a terrible time. We know the exact moment it occurred. It was at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Monday, September 4th, 1882, on Pearl Street in New York City, in the bluff overlooking construction of the Brooklyn Bridge, when Thomas Edison pulled a switch on uh, electricity. And all this story, this transition story, is in a book we call uh, Hell's Kitchen, named after that district in New York City, where every bad thing in the world happens, so they call it Hell's Kitchen. So that's why we named this book Hell's Kitchen, because it goes into that moment of transition when um, Thomas Edison pulled a switch, and we switched from wood and coal as fuel to electricity. That was 1882. Well, by 1900, 18 years later, there were 45 new diseases nobody had ever seen before. They're blaming it on genetics and autoimmune stuff. Okay. And these brand new uh, genetics that just came around in the 20th century to invent exactly. all these new diseases. <laughs> and so um, that, that's why we wrote the book uh, Epigenetics, because we started a new science replacing genetics. There are no genetically transmitted diseases. I'll repeat that there are no genetically transmitted diseases. That's my thesis from a $25 million grant from NIH, National Institutes of Health, United States is in the Smithsonian Institute as a national treasure. Because they showed very clearly there are no genetically transmitted diseases, there are no autoimmune diseases. And people just pointed that direction because they didn't have an answer. So they said, well, you got five people in your family with lung cancer, it must be a genetic thing. No. Oh, they were all coal miners and they all uh, had uh, coal stoves and, and coal fireplaces in the house or inhaling all that uh, smoke. And um, they, they lived in a place that didn't have high levels of minerals in the soil. Plants do not make minerals. Nutritional minerals are not made by plants. Plants um, make vitamins, aminos, and fatty acids, but minerals occur in veins like gold and silver. So you can be in one county and doing all the bad things, and you're getting lots of uh, good minerals in your food. Okay, in your garden, when you're putting wood ashes and coal ashes, and there's lots of minerals in that soil, okay, because they had volcanic eruptions or erosion or whatever, and they have very low rates of, of cancer of any kind. And then you have in the next county over your twin brother or twin sister who is eating exactly the same thing that you are, and they've got artery disease, high blood pressure, cancer, all this kind of stuff, because they live in a place that has few or no minerals in the soil. This was actually documented by the U.S. Senate in 1936. The U.S. Senate came out with U.S. Senate document 264 in 1936. It said there's no longer sufficient nutritional minerals in farm soils to support healthy and long, healthy life in humans. That's the U.S. Senate because suddenly now we were not getting the minerals that we had gotten by using wood and coal as fuel. And so it's much more complicated than cigarette smoke and not cigarette smoke. If you want to smoke, that's everybody's option and choice. But if you're going to smoke and you want to significantly reduce your risk of all kinds of diseases, hypertension, kidney disease, lung cancer, emphysema, asthma, all that kind of stuff, you take the Healthy Brain and Heart Pack, you take the MSM, you take the, the collagen peptides, um, you take our synaptive. Stay away from all the bad foods, you know, the good food, bad food list. Dr. Wallach's cooking without the bad foods. No fried foods, no processed meats, no oils, no glutens, no wheat, no butter, rye, no oats, no sugar, no carbonated drinks, even the diet ones need to go. Also, carbonated water needs to go because carbonation in the water neutralizes stomach acid so you cannot absorb minerals or digest food. And all these other factors are involved in whether or not you get cancer, okay, when you smoke because. Well, just think of all those laboratory animals and hundreds and hundreds of experiments and studies, they couldn't create lung cancer because otherwise, boy, I tell you, that would be the headlines. We finally proved in these studies, okay, in hamsters and mice and rats and guinea pigs. Wouldn't you so think forth. this would be obvious though, if they're like, hey, smoking causes, you know, that, that huge list of problems, heart disease, stroke, cancer, obviously lung disease, diabetes, chronic obstructive pulmonary 
disease, emphysema, chronic bronchitis, if it caused all these things, then clearly just, yeah, expose some animals to smoke and see what happens. But we're talking like not even just normally like filling a cage, like hamster cage of smoke. Like we're talking about beagles and beagles need to run free and stuff. They also get stressed out just like human beings. And when we're stressed out, we're less healthy in general. But these are beagles strapped into a smoking machine. They can't move all day. <laughs> They're being forced to smoke repeatedly all day. So not only is it smoke exposure, but it's extreme stress. It's basically abused. And yet they're still unable to produce lung cancer. And we're talking lung cancer, they say, is the second most common cancer after breast cancer. Where you know is why? all this lung cancer coming from, Dr. Wallach? Well, well, first of all, the reason why the animals aren't getting it is because they're getting dog food that has the 90 essential nutrients in it. Um, this happened about 1900. Uh, because prior to that, you know, everybody had a dog on the farm and the ranch and so forth, and uh, they would give them table scraps. You know, they'd butcher an animal and they'd throw a chunk of meat at them and so forth. Uh, they'd also give them table scraps and they were getting everything from gluten to you name it, okay, fried foods and so on. They were only living to be three, four, five years old, the house pets, the dogs. But after 1900, when Ralston Purina came out and they made a, a dog food with all the known vitamins, minerals necessary for healthy laboratory dogs, they put that in there. Guess what? All these dogs you know, all over the world where people love their dogs started giving them the Ralston Purina dog food with all these vitamins, minerals in there. And the life expectancy went from three or four years to 17 years. And it's the fact that they're putting these nutrients in the dog food is why they don't get the lung cancer, even though they're exposed to smoke. Uh, in the same manner that humans are when they smoke. You know, if you're eating badly or just eating fast foods and fried foods and not taking vitamins and minerals, you're going to be at a high risk of getting cancer, colon cancer, liver cancer, lung cancer, brain cancer, skin cancer, all everything you think of. But if you're taking all 90 essential nutrients and adhering to the good food, bad food list that maximize absorption of these nutrients, your immune system will defend you against every kind of cancer you can think of. And so this is very, very simple. When you look at the bigger picture, you just can't say, well, cigarette smoke causes cancer. No, not if you're getting all 90 essential nutrients and your immune system's healthy. So doc, I want to bring up, I mentioned in my question list to you, I wanted to compare the total weight of smoke to the total weight of oil, because I, ne I never went to university myself, actually, but I didn't know that you can just walk into universities and <laughs> you could sit in on lectures and stuff. So I had a girlfriend in university and she just brought me to her school a bunch of times. And once we got to do this smoke fume experiment where you smoke a cigarette underneath a, a fume hood, you're not smoking. It's, it's hooked up to a little smoke machine that draws on it and um, you collect the smoke and the smoke weighed like almost nothing. And if we assume that all of that smoke is 100% toxic, that, uh, comparing that with like a French fry or a potato chip or uh, some superheated sugars that's made to make like a cracker or something, even a gluten-free cracker, sugar cooked uh, over 350 degrees Fahrenheit, it's burned, it's oxidized. So now it's free radicals, just like the oxidized oil. But I'm saying that th there has to be some reason for all this, all this lung cancer. And you said it many times, like the, the deep fryer standing in front of the deep fryer, mm. stir frying food, like you're literally breathing in particles, oil drops. And oil drops are quite heavy. And if those are oxidized, if we assume that they're 100% toxic or even 50% toxic, 50% free radicals, it still doesn't compare very well to smoke. Like we're talking drops of oil weigh a lot more than all the smoke in, in a cigarette, right? One French fry weighs more than I'm assuming a carton or several cartons worth of cigarette smoke. Yeah. Well, you look at fried foods, whether it's um, fish or potatoes or rice, anything that's fried, okay, in oil, the heated oil turns into trans fats, heterocyclic amines and acrylamides, all of which are carcinogenic. They actually cause cancer in cell cultures and laboratory animals and all this kind of stuff. So we know that heated oils are very carcinogenic. And that's one of the many, many reasons people should avoid the bad food list, okay? Avoid everything on the bad food list, which includes oils, you know, like olive oil. Um, if you want to go to these uh, markets and buy olives still on, on, the t on the sticks, you know, you bring a branch in, it's got maybe four little branches 
and there's maybe four or five or six olives on each of those branches, and you can pop one off of there and eat it, that's safe. But if you buy a bottle or a can of olive oil that's been sitting in the warehouse for two years, and the summertime for three or four months gets over 100 degrees in there, that olive oil has turned into one of the most dangerous compounds on earth. And so the same thing is true with smoke. When you look at the firefighters, that's why they wear gas masks to prevent inhaling those compounds. And I really need to, to look at uh, firefighters and see how many of them get lung cancer and everything because they're, you know, are they inhaling the smoke or their their um, safety equipment protecting them enough and all this kind of stuff. Well, I'm Doc, sure. what happened after 9-11, right? Lots and lots of cases of lung cancer from the first responders because of all the dust, they said, breathing all the dust. Yeah, all the ash and everything. Yep, that's for sure. So here, here's one thing. I grew up around smokers. Practically everybody smoke. I mean, smoking is a very lower class thing. It's a very blue collar thing. The vast majority of smokers are in the lower classes. They, they tend to have less money. And so... Um, every, almost everybody in the neighborhood smoked. My parents smoked, my grandparents smoked, all that stuff. I've never actually known anyone with lung cancer. And quite honestly, even in the health business, it's very uncommon to come across lung cancer, breast cancer sometimes. Cancer just isn't the most common thing we come across. The vast majority of people we deal with don't smoke at all um, because smokers tend to, like you said, not supplement. They're not the type of people that tend to come to our type of business that we're advertising here. So we attract a lot of people who don't smoke and yet they still have health problems. So I'm saying this because I actually only know one person who really had lung cancer and it was my granddad. It was my dad's dad. And to me, nothing really looked wrong with him. Yeah, he smoked. I was a very young kid. Now, here's my point. At the end of his life, he was into building boats. He was always into building models and stuff like that. So, so I'm, there's some dust involved here. Anytime you could you cut even wood with a little Dremel sandpaper. And if you're in a, if you're in a not well ventilated place, you're breathing in anything. It, it can irritate your lungs. So my granddad was into building boats and then all of a sudden he's got lung cancer, they say. Well, here's what I'm thinking, because you know, I'm not an expert and you're a pathologist, so I would like you to correct me if I'm wrong. My theory is not really the smoking that worried them. My theory is they took a chest X-ray or something like that, CAT scan, I don't know. And maybe they saw some particulate matter in his lungs because that is one of the only actual characteristics that they, physical characteristics that they can find on the pathology table is cellulose particles in the lungs, right? But of course, with cancer, they're looking for like tumors and stuff. So my question is, could uh, the fiberglass from boats, building boats, fixing boats, repairing, restoring boats, I've re restored a boat one time, you know, spending a week in the sun, getting fiberglass in your lungs, even with a mask on, you're still, it's really tough on the body. You feel your lungs clogged up. If I did that for a year, I imagine I'd have real problems. I imagine if I did that for five years, I might have something that my doctor might say is cancer. It might look like a, a black dot on the radiographer or, or whatever it is. And it, it I'm, my question to you is, could that be fiberglass? Because my granddad looked okay. Maybe he was wheezing or something, but uh, I'm pretty sure the chemotherapy is what killed him pretty quickly. He very quickly looked very bad and then he died. What changed about his smoking patterns, you know, people tend to decline rather gradually, right? Like, a, of course, if you have bad habits in your 20s and 30s, you're going to be not looking good in your 40s and 50s, but it tends to be a pretty gradual decline unless you go to the doctor and do something new. You know, they, rec they recommend the knee surgery, you get the knee surgery, and all of a sudden you're in now a next level of pain for the rest of your life and so on. You've ratcheted down a notch, but my point is my granddad went down the hill from, from going to the doctor, and, and I'm wondering... Could the fiberglass work? Could working with asbestos, right? They gave us this big scare about asbestos. I live in a house that's made of asbestos. It's an old mining house. I've breathed it in before. I've, I've punctured it, you know, not on purpose. I'm not just uh, reckless here, but I'm imagining, yeah, just like fiberglass or just like insulation that could get in my lungs and that could definitely irritate my lungs. I don't want to breathe dust. If I'm mixing up concrete, I don't want to mix it up. Oh, you know, if anyone's worked with concrete, you're mixing it up with that jackhammer thing in the bucket. <laughs> it's coming up. Yeah, that's tough on the lungs. That's why you wear a mask. And usually you still breathe it in. And usually people who do these jobs don't want to do them for long, partially because of this. So what could this could this cause cancer itself having nothing to do with smoking? It's possible. Let me tell you a story. In 1963, I, I was a third year student in veterinary school at the University of Missouri. 
and it was a Christmas time, 1963, and all the professors were gone. And I was working as a student um, tech uh, in the pathology department to get paid so I could work my way through veterinary school. We were just poor farmers in Missouri. And a farmer came by during that time, and he brought 50 dead lambs in and threw them on the floor. Dump, you know, his dump truck, he dumped these 50 <laughs> dead lambs. They're about six months old. And I said, oh, my gosh, what happened? All, all the professors are gone. I'm there by myself. He said, well, yesterday, you know, I, I fed all my lambs. Uh, they're six months old. And after Christmas, we're going to uh, shear them and sell the wool. And then after New Year's, we're going to take them all to, to be slaughtered and, and make our money that way. And so uh, yesterday, you know, I was feeding them as we were doing and uh, feeding the 500 lambs. And they're jumping in and out of the feed bunks or following the truck and wagon and so forth. And it was all wonderful. And this morning, I went to feed them again. They're all dead. They all died at night, 500. And he said, I'm just shocked. I said, okay, well, uh, let me ask you a couple of questions. I said, because their blood is black, not dark red, but black. I think this is due to nitrate poisoning. Uh, do you have farms around you also? He said, yes. I said, do they have livestock? No. And they all grow hay and corn and uh, that kind of stuff. I said, okay, soybeans, okay. And so do they use nitrate fertilizer? Oh, yeah, they all use nitrate fertilizer because they get paid by tonnage. They don't get paid by the nutritional value of the food. They get paid by tonnage. Okay. So I want samples of the water, which he called up, and they, they brought samples of the water over. And sure enough, the water is just loaded with nitrates. And those lambs have been drinking that water for six months, and they're just their body saturated with nitrates. They had goiter. Their thyroid was definitely impacted um, by the uh, nitrates. Okay, it's an anti-thyroid substance, nitrates. And so they couldn't tolerate what happened. What happened that night, and in central Missouri, where that farm was, it's not unusual in December to be 45 degrees, 50 degrees, 38 degrees, 60 degrees, that kind of stuff. But that night that they all died, the temperature dropped to 16. and went from 45 the day before, 16, and they all died of hypothermia. And so that's because their thyroids were dead because of the chronic nitrate poisoning, and they all died of hypothermia. I wrote this up, and I went to Africa to work on the White Rhino Conservation Project. That's another story for another day. But uh, after two years, uh, Perkins, Marlon Perkins, the old Mujua Mohawa Kingdom show, had taken my paper that I wrote on those 500 lambs dying. I was published in a veterinary journal, my first scientific publication. I was very proud of that. I really didn't get the, the title very exciting. It was called hypothyroidism in feeder lambs. That doesn't give you the, the importance of that study, hypothyroidism in feeder lambs. So anyway, um, he gets this grant for $25 million for me to come back and do a study in zoo animals and look for zoo animals sensitive to the same pollutants that humans are. So if they start dying like the canary in the mine, the coal miners knew to get out, well, that's where, that was the whole project was about. It was an NIH study, National Institute of Health study. And but Perkins gave me this list. He said, this is my list. Before you start to study, which will be maybe in two weeks or three weeks or a month, I want you to find out the answer to these questions. He said, every species of bears, every species of bears in every country in the world and every zoo in the world are dying at half their life expectancy. They can live to be 60 years old. They're all dying at 15, 20 years of age from liver cancer. I said, really? So I said, well, give me a couple of days. And, I, and it didn't take me long. It took me a couple of days to look it up. Sure enough, I figured out what was happening. What was happening was, and this is very important here, based on our question on um, smoking, okay, these bears uh, were, you know, some of the prime exhibits in all the big zoos around the world. They're omnivores, they eat a lot of different things, and so they're kind of easy to keep. Every zoo in the world would sell peanuts to get money to pay their zookeepers and also to buy food for the bears and the elephants and the porpoises and the wombats and the, and the kangaroos and so forth. And all these bears are getting this liver cancer. Well, that's because they were selling these peanuts. These people are throwing the peanuts to the bears. The bears learned if they stood on their back legs and waved their paws at the crowd, the crowd would throw the peanuts at them. They'd get the peanuts. And the ones that were learning to beg for the peanuts were the ones that got the liver cancer. Well, why is that? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, because peanuts grow on the ground, almonds, tree nuts of all kinds, uh, pistachios, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They all grow on trees, but peanuts grow on the ground and they're infested. They're infested with a fungus very commonly, like 90% of the time, they're infested with a fungus called Aspergillus flavus. And Aspergillus flavus produces a toxin called aflatoxin, which causes liver cancer. Now, when people get liver cancer and the doctors say, well, do you drink alcohol? Well, yeah, you know, every Friday night, the guys at the factory, we'd all go out and every Friday night we'd drink uh, beer, we'd get our paychecks and we'd drink beer for two, three hours, and then go home. We'd all be kind of stewed every Friday night, you know, drinking beer. Okay. But what they didn't ask was, did, were you getting peanuts? What was happening was the bars that were giving them peanuts for free to eat while they're drinking their beer, those are the ones that all the guys went to because they're getting free peanuts to eat with their beer. And it's not the alcohol and the whiskey or the wine or the beer that was causing liver cancer. It was the aflatoxins in the fungus, Aspergillus flavus, that had infested the peanuts. And I got it figured out, wrote it all up, and that's published in the International Zoo Yearbook. It's about 19, it says like 1967, 68, International Zoo Yearbook that was published. And it freaked everybody out around the world. And so every zoo in the world stopped selling peanuts to throw to the bears, but they did get these little Ziploc bags and they put these uh, little dog munchies. They were made from corn and beans and stuff like that and dried meat. And they were throwing these uh, little munchies, dog food munchies at the bears instead of peanuts. And the liver cancer issue stopped almost like in, in 90 days, almost immediately after 50 years of liver cancer and zoo bears. In 90 days, it all went away just by switching from peanuts to throw to them to dog food. Okay. These two cases are basically like, poisons right right like the sheep were poisoned by the nitrates in the water it's uh caused the thyroid uh, by the way is does that apply to processed meats in general as well like pepperoni pepperoni ham salami uh, oh absolutely because it's uh, well that's all part of the good food bad food list when you look at the the bad food list there's no fried foods okay no air frying no deep frying no no uh, pan frying absolutely uh, no oils no no um salad dressings no cooking oils Absolutely no processed meats. And we're talking about because of the nitrates, specifically for the nitrates, no processed meats. We're looking at uh, hot dogs, bologna, salami, pastrami, pepperoni, jerky, corned beef, spam, all those got to go because of the nitrates. And they will cause liver cancer, okay, if, if they've been infested with those nitrates. So that Perkins, uh, he was so shocked that I figured it out in just three or four days. And that's because every zoo in the world had the same problem. Every zoo in the world treated their bears the same way by selling peanuts. And so it had to do something with peanuts in the zoo bears because bears out in the wild didn't get liver cancer. I mean, he was just ecstatic because that's kind of like the sort of thing we were looking for from that $25 million grant. And that's where my thesis is in the Smithsonian Institute. There are no genetically transmitted diseases, no autoimmune diseases, including cancer. They're not genetic. They're not autoimmune. They're caused by a carcinogen. There's some chemical Okay, it was caused by frying fat or aflatoxin. Do you think uh, nutritional deficiencies by themselves are enough to provoke cancer, specifically oh, yes. lung cancer? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, we're constantly bombarded with uh, chemicals in the water, the air, the food, the dust, you know, from farmers plowing their fields, uh, people spraying their fields. If you're doing everything right, you'll have less chance of having cancer than people who are drinking whiskey for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and doing everything wrong because they're not getting the nutrition. It's not the whiskey that caused the problem. It's the lack of stuff that caused the problem. Again, when you look at the zoo animals that don't get cancer, monkeys don't get cancer in the zoos. Why is that? Because, oh, 
they're getting all these nutrients in their monkey pellets. You said something very interesting to me on the phone. I asked because people are saying, oh, uh, cigarette smoke or tobacco smoke specifically, it has cadmium and it's got all these other things. And you just said something I had never seen in any of these books and I had never thought about it. You said, well, what if there's no cadmium in the soil? Yeah, if there's no cadmium in the soil, there'll be no cadmium in the, in the tobacco. So out of these 17,500 autopsies on over 454 species of animals and then 3,000 or so humans for comparison in this massive study, what can you tell us about lung autopsies, this particulate matter thing? Would, would having stuff, physical stuff, whether it's dust or sawdust or fiberglass or coal, coal mining, what effect would that have on the lungs? What does it look like okay. at autopsy? Well, you're going to have black lung disease, okay? An accumulation of smoke, coal dust, that kind of stuff. And they don't get cancer, but it's a, it's a physical obstruction of this very fine particle smoke dust. It's kind of like, you know, when you have too much toilet paper in the toilet and you flush it and it doesn't want to flush very well because you've got eight squares of toilet paper in the toilet instead of two squares kind of thing. And the obstruction is a physical obstruction. The same way is true um, when you're inhaling dust, whether it's dust from, you know, you're uh, on a tractor behind another tractor and you're getting all that dust from that tractor in front of you, kicking up the dust out of the soil on the dirt road on the farm. And you can get uh, coal dust, not from smoke, but just by handling coal, uh, you know, the surface layer dust, coal dust that gets in the air and you inhale it. And so you can get black lung disease. Um, that's, that's one of the things that was always a problem with these coal miners. They would, they would inhale all this coal dust because they're using all these augers and saws and all this kind of stuff to get the coal out of the deposits so they could get it on top of the ground so they could sell it. And they were getting uh, black lung disease. But you never hear of them getting lung cancer from black lung disease. It was not a big deal. That, that was not the big deal. It was, it was a physical obstruction. So that's when they came up with all these face masks. and, and So they'd be like stuff. coughing and stuff though, right? Like symptoms that make direct sense to having obstructive. Obstruction. Parts. Yeah. Yeah. It's an, it's an obstruction disease as opposed to a cancer disease. But now they're calling this thing chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. And let me just tell you, okay, I lived in an apartment one time. And my neighbor, he had this COPD, chronic dry cough, meaning every five to 15 minutes, I'd get a good old, <coughs> and it used to drive me nuts. <laughs> and I actually, I just went and talked to this guy. I said, hey, man, what are you eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Really, I had just had a conversation with him, and he literally ate uh, gluten, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. This guy ate gluten all the time. I, I looked at him. I could see in five seconds that he was gluten intolerant. He didn't smoke. He didn't work at a coal mine. He's, he sat in his apartment. I don't know what he did for a living, but I work from home. He was clearly there because I hear him cough every five to 15 minutes. <laughs> so I know it was caused by what he was eating. I, I just wanted to throw that in there because I would think that uh, originally these coal miners and stuff with black lung. Yeah, they're probably hacking, hacking a lung up all the time. But uh, that's a very different thing from cancer. Right. So so what is this then? Why would oil particles and nutrient deficiencies be causing the cancer in the lungs specifically why wouldn't it cause it in the blood or can it just can it just happen anywhere the body's so complicated we can't really predict these things no there's there's certain chemicals that produce cancers in different parts of the body and so uh, just like that aflatoxin from the fungus on the peanuts it doesn't cause lung cancer it causes liver cancer okay it's just, it doesn't cause brain cancer, it causes liver cancer. It doesn't cause colon cancer, it causes liver cancer. And because of the different biochemistry of the tissues and the systems and so forth, you're going to have some areas that are more sensitive. It's very rare that somebody who smokes gets skin cancer. Okay, they might get cancer on their lip or something like that, but they don't get skin cancer on their skin. But they get out in the sun and get sunburn all the time, and they're not taking things that are required for optimal skin health, they can get skin cancer just from the sun. So it's it's the weakness of it's, our well, body's it's, 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 it's an irritant. It's some form of irritant, either a chemical irritant of some kind or a physical irritant, um, sun ray irritant, okay? Uh, cancer is a result of an irritant to the system. The system's trying to defend itself by making this 
this cancer and, and, and hoping that, you know, it'll protect the rest of the body. So on the list of bad things, we're typically told that this is quite high. In fact, we're told that secondhand smoke is, is a great risk factor as well. But doc, these people, these long lived people, like you've chronicled a whole bunch of them in your book, Immortality. Mm -hmm. And these people often have an open pit fire pit in their house, like inside their house, there's a there's a fire pit. And so there's yes. not not just cigarette smoke, not just this dainty little yeah. white smoke, see, those there's people, black smoke. Yeah, but see, those people are still taking those ashes from the coal and the wood and putting them in their gardens and putting them in their food. So they're getting minerals that support their immune system, which is your bone marrow, makes white blood cells to go kill and eat cancer cells. And so there's all kinds of things going on there. And so it's not as simple as A equals B. Uh, there's many, many layers of, of um, factors involved here. And so the main thing is if people choose to smoke, if they're addicted to smoke, you know, the nicotine is an addictive substance. It's in the tobacco. It's an addictive substance. And plants have addictive substances in it. So when you travel someplace, you're going to take it with you. And that's how it spread plants all over the world because you're addicted to it. And well, tobacco, I mean, nicotine is also in other plants other than tobacco, right? It's in potatoes, it's in tomatoes, it's in eggplants, to, to my knowledge, and some other well, plants it, as well. It, well, nicotine is kind of a cousin. It's kind of a cousin to niacin. It's one of the B vitamins. Yeah, nicotinamide, right? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's very fascinating. It's a very fat. Okay, Here, here's, here's one thing. So we have this product. It's called CM Cream. It's a cream. It, it soothes your joints. Okay, that makes sense. But that product, this this always interested me. This product was originally a pill capsule. It still is too. We sell that product separately, but I was like, Oh, how does it work as a cream and a, as a pill? Okay. Well, that makes sense. You can absorb it through the skin then. Okay. Now that makes sense. But what about smoking? So tobacco is a herb obviously. And uh, you know, if people didn't know smoking is not the first thing that people did with the tobacco leaf, they made brews, especially like, like beer, basically like tobacco beer, which apparently was extremely strong and you'd get like totally wasted off of this tobacco concentrate basically. And a lot of people, you know, they can't handle like chewing tobacco, they'll throw up or something. And uh, just because it's, it's a very, very, very strong thing. So it makes sense when you can absorb it right into the blood like this. But am I correct that things like marijuana and tobacco, like the active ingredient somehow stays intact, even though the, the plant has been lit on fire is this like an essential oil thing? Is this like the essence of this plant? Is that what you get when you smoke it? Why does it give you this feeling? It can't just be the head rush from the uh, smoke itself, right? That nauseous feeling from smoke itself, because when you smoke different things, you feel differently. I just don't understand this. I know we can absorb things through the skin, but... Well, the nicotine, I want you to think of nicotine is a cousin to niacin. And what is, what is one of the features of eating niacin by itself and not eating it with a meal? You can get flush, right? You get a hot flash because it has a, a direct effect on the blood vessels. Now, vitamin B1 thiamine doesn't do that. You can combust something, you can light something on fire, and yet it still remains an active ingredient. And so in the, even in the stomach acid, you can drop a mold or a toxin. And the stomach poison. acid does not seem stomach acid does not seem to destroy uh, okay, the aflatoxin, which causes liver cancer. And have you ever heard of brewer's yeast? Yes. That's where, that's where people get this idea that, um, you know, having a couple of alcoholic drinks a day is good for you because the brewer's yeast did have some B vitamins in it. It had, I don't know, two, three different B vitamins in there, B1, B2, B3. And you're here, Bruce Lee. Yes. He was considered the fitness guru of the world. Every country in the world in the 1960s looked at him as the fitness guru. He died in 1973 at the age of 32 years of age because he didn't believe in taking vitamins and minerals like we give to the rats and mice and guinea pigs, okay, who even survived all the smoke and didn't get lung cancer, okay? <laughs> you getting the picture here? Yep. Okay. And so he believed falsely that he could just eat well and get everything he needed. He only put one mineral, he put one mineral in his regimen every day, that was magnesium. In our, our um, rebound or our sports drink, we have 75 minerals. We have 75 minerals, our plant-derived colloidal minerals, 75 minerals. Bruce Lee only took one mineral, magnesium. 
And he did take Burgess so he could, quote, get some B vitamins. I don't think he smoked either. The point I'm getting at here is it, it has to do with consciously, proactively taking all the nutrients you need to maximize health and lifespan, to maximize your immune system, give all your organs what they need to maintain and repair themselves. You cannot just eat well because nutritional minerals are not made by plants. Plants do not make minerals. They make vitamins, amino acids, fatty acids, but plants do not make minerals. And nutritional minerals occur in the soil in veins like gold and silver. There's some places have absolutely none. And then 50 miles away, they could be very heavily um, blessed with lots of uh, essential minerals because there'd been a volcanic eruption there. Or maybe, um, I don't know if you're old enough to remember the term in the old days, they had bottom land. You remember what bottom land is? Bottom land. Yeah. Well, bottom land is where you have the floodplains. Every, every spring it would flood because it was low. It was at the bottom level mm. of the valley. And so every, every spring it would flood. And when the water would recede a couple of weeks later, it would leave a couple inches of the silt that came from the mountains and so forth. And the farmers would plow it back in and renew the minerals that the plants had taken out the previous year. Now, when we went to electricity at three o'clock in the afternoon, Monday, September 4th, 1882, not only do we give up minerals that we're getting in our, our food from wood ashes and coal ashes, but also they went to hydroelectric and there was no more floods in the spring. So there's no more bottomland of any value because there was no more renewal every spring from the floods of the minerals because we dammed up the rivers and the creeks for hydroelectric. And so this is the same thing is true with uh, smoking. Okay, if you're going to smoke, you better sit down and order your longevity program, your healthy brain and heart pack, your MSM, your uh, collagen peptides, your synaptive. You need to take your ultimate enzymes. Um, you need your killer biotic. You need your um, ocean's gold. You need all this stuff if you're going to be smoking and significantly reduce your risk of any disease, including emphysema and, and uh, cancer from smoking. If you're just going to smoke and go eat fast food stuff at lunchtime and eat fried food, you know, drive through windows stuff um, at night, take home the fried chicken and fried potatoes, you're going to die from cancer. It's not a genetic thing. It's not an immune thing. It's what you're doing to yourself and what you're not giving yourself to protect yourself. And hopefully this doesn't sound too kind of crazy. Like I'm not saying just smoke all you want, but like if, if anything you do, you're going to need the nutrients anyways. And if you're going to smoke, okay, say there is cadmium in it or something like that. Well, you better have your selenium and your, your trace minerals so that your body can use its glutathione and use other antioxidants. You better have what? all the antioxidants there to clean up any yeah, damage. What? Okay. Why is it that billionaires in America, their life expectancy is only 66? The average life expectancy of somebody with a, a high school degree in, in America is 75. Why is it that billionaires don't do very well? And that's because they think because they spend 200 bucks to go out every Friday night and eat a big expensive dinner. Um, and they hire a coach to tell them how to exercise. They don't need to take vitamins and minerals because they're getting everything they need from that expensive dinner. Kind of like what Bruce Lee thought. Mm. And he died at 32 from a heart attack because he only supplemented with one mineral and he didn't even take the B vitamins. He took the brewer's yeast and he had no earthly idea how many B vitamins were in there and what dose they were. And he threw his life away. He threw his life away. So, Doc, longtime listeners would notice that we just took a conversation about smoking and we kind of just went right back to the basics. We say don't eat the bad foods and get your 90 essential nutrients. I mean, uh, in the health business, I've personally never come across a case where I could blame smoking as causing the problem. Uh, like I said, lung cancer is not the primary concern of the average person. The average person has metabolic problems, obvious gluten intolerance problems, you know, acne, migraines diabetes, right? Arthritis, neck pain, back pain, joint pain, that regular stuff. Not everyone has cancer. I've never had a case though, where they needed to quit smoking in order to get better. All kinds of people who had cardiovascular problems, diabetes, very, very, very common. Lots of those people don't quit smoking yeah. and okay, they, well, stay, they still get a here. result. I'm going to interrupt here because I only have one minute left. And that is, um, I'm not going to tell people that it's okay to smoke under any circumstances. Mm -hmm. Okay, because anytime you put something potentially bad in your body, you can expect bad things to happen. 
And so I'm not going to say it's okay to smoke if you do this. Okay, that's, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I Personally, I tried chewing tobacco a couple of times in my life. I'm 83 years old. I <laughs> chewed on cigars and stuff like that. I, I really never liked the smell, so I never got into that. But I do know you can add 25 to 50 healthier years to your life if you take your 90 essential nutrients and avoid the bad food and maximize absorption and eliminate inflammation. So if you choose, if you want to smoke, this is America. Go far, dude. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, if you want to live longer, if, if you choose to smoke, you better be avoiding all the bad foods, no fried foods, no processed meats, no oils, no glutens, no wheat, no butter, and oats, no buckwheat, no sugar, no carbonated drinks, even carbonated water got to go. Take the, you don't take the 90 cents nutrients, take the 215 nutrients, which is our healthy brain and heart pack. Mm-hmm. The core is still the 90 in there, but the healthy brain and heart pack has 215 nutrients in it. I'm saying take the nutrients, whether you're going to smoke or not. But if you choose to smoke, double or triple your nutrients. Mm. Okay. You don't just put dirt from Texas in your car because it's dirt from Texas. There's bound to be some oil in it. You put high quality oil in your car. You put transmission fluid. You put brake fluid, you put gasoline in there, you put oil in, in your, your crankcase, you put antifreeze in your radiator, you do a lot of stuff for your car. You laugh at somebody if you say, you know, you can save a lot of money if you just were selling dirt from Texas for 50 cents a bucket full, and you can put that in your car instead of all those different oils, and you'll save all that money. There's bound to be some, you know, antifreeze, there's bound to be some oil, there's bound to be some gasoline, there's bound to be some grease in that dirt from Texas because it's dirt from Texas. They laugh at you and walk away. Don't do that to yourself. What you want to do, you want to make sure that you're taking all the 90 essential nutrients minimum, better yet, the 215, the Helderman and Heart Pack. And then if you have any health issue, then we have secret sauces for 600 different diseases. We have secret sauces for 600 different diseases. Dr. Wallach, I appreciate you so much. There's so much uh, scare tactic stuff out there. Don't smoke or else this will happen to you. Well, (laughs) you just told us don't smoke anyways, but... I mean, you don't have to sell it with lies, right? You don't have to sell it with coal miners' lungs, uh, without uh, proof, without animal model proof. And, you know, as you said, when the animals have their nutrients, all of a sudden they're not there. It's hard to give them the cancer and they still don't even succeed in doing it. So we, I think we can uh, go up against these things. I think we can even have a fire pit in the house as the longest lived people in the world still do and uh, not die from lung cancer. Just a quick before you go, before 1882, like what, what was lung cancer? Was there lung cancer? Was there cancer? Was this a major concern? No, there was cancer. There was cancer. There's lung cancer. Uh, cancers were described back in the days of the Romans and stuff like that, you know, 3,000, 4,000 years ago. But it was not a big deal. And of course, they didn't have names for things. They didn't know viruses. They just said, oh, there's an evil spirit when, they would, you know, when a plague would go through and all the viruses would wipe out communities. They said, oh, there's the evil spirits came because they weren't praying enough. And, you know, that's that's where they were coming from because they didn't know anything about viruses. They didn't know anything about the chemistry and that kind of stuff. And there are certain areas where people lived a long time, no matter what happened in the, in the environment, because they're, the, those were the places where they lived near volcanoes and, and the volcanic dust. And they had bottomland. So it was flooding every spring and renewing all, all the minerals. And that's why bottomland was so expensive. Everybody wanted to buy bottomland because it would flood every, every year. Now, once they put up all those dams for hydroelectric, bottomland became useless because it didn't get renewed every year because there was no more floods. Well, that's what made the bottomland so valuable because of flooding and renewing all the mineral supplies to the soil every, every spring. And so now the people that are being exposed to threats for everything from stir fried, deep fried food to, you know, deodorant aerosols. You have no defense unless you're taking all the 90. There you go. Okay. Thank you so much. God bless you for all the great work you're doing. We have some big projects coming up yet. And so let's keep going. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here with me and with us, the audience. And hopefully we get together and talk about something else next time. Okay. God bless. Take care. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.